Do you have any last words? Abracadabra. This is a conversation with Moeen Al-Bastaki. He's a magician, illusionist, mentalist, entrepreneur and TV presenter. One of the most talented magicians in the Middle East. He is particularly famous for being the magician who made the Burj Khalifa disappear. In this conversation, we discuss the art of magic, cold reading, mind reading, what goes behind a performance, showmanship, and the future of magic in between his amazing magic tricks. This is no time. If you like what you see, then do hit subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify, or rate 5 stars on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to see this project continue, then do consider making a donation on Patreon. As you can imagine, these excellent production quality and the special effects, they don't come cheap. For other forms of love and support, you can follow this channel on Instagram or Twitter and share these episodes or follow me personally. And now, it's no time. I'm usually asked um, the magic that I perform. How and what is made of? What do you do? I mean, the people have seen me read other people's mind. They go, how is it done? I go, I use my five senses and create the sixth sense. So I could read people, their body language, the way they react, the way they sit, the way they talk. So I could get an outcome and maybe that works in my favor. Sometimes it could be a guess game. Sometimes it could actually be a science. We will try something interesting right now. Now, when I was a small child, my dad made sure he gets me the game of Monopoly. Now, in the game of Monopoly, uh, one of the things that uh, there is, it's the dice. Yes? What I'd love you to do, I'd love you to take the dice, turn it as much as you want, look at the top one, keep your hand straight, cover your hand. I will try and guess if I could know what number is the number you've looked at. So keep changing. Stick to one, put your hand straight, look at the top number, and then once you're ready, tell me, and I'm going to look at you and see if I can guess. And then cover your hand so there is no way that I could see. <laughs> you forgot yourself. Is it, okay, that's <laughs> going to make, make it more difficult on me. <laughs> so this is the number you've picked, yes? Yeah. Not a usual number that a person might pick. Not a number that I would say is a favorite number to somebody. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know what I'm saying, but it's a number that you've picked. I don't know if I'm going to be correct. This is all based on me. I came in. We had a little bit of chit-chat. I thought this number is going to be the one that you will be picking for some reason. I don't know. I think it's number five. If it is, please show the camera. It's number five. Thank you very much. Let's try this one more time. Now, it might be a guess. It might be something else. Let's try it one more time. Let's change the number again. You can have a look at the number. If you want, you can show the camera. I'm going to cover my eyes so they could also see the number you're picking. Put it in your palm. The number is facing up. You're going to cover by your hand. And then I'm going to see if I can guess. You're, you're, you're done? You, you, yes. Yeah. So you have a number. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Okay. Now, what usually happens, some people try and pick the same number just to confuse me and make me look bad in front of the audience. But you didn't. You didn't. Such a nice guy. Thank you. You picked another number. In your head, I want you to think either higher or lower. Don't say anything. Higher, lower. Just if I could read something. Higher, lower. Just, okay, 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 okay. It's number two, isn't it? Just show them, please. Thank you very much. Let's try this one last time. <laughs> yeah. This time, I don't want you to even look at the number. All right. This so you wouldn't even know. The audience would not know. Now, this is a miracle happening because then how would I know? If I'm reading your body language, how am I not now reading your body language? But based on my calculation, thinking what might happen. So you don't know. Yeah. Pick, just, just do anything. Put your number. Anything, any number it is. You're going to cover your hand with the other hand. <laughs> and then we will see. Is it possible for me to know? Now, there is no way you don't know, they don't know, how would I know? But I think, now I'm putting my reputation on the line, I think it's number four. Just look at the dice, please. <laughs> it is number four. This is for you. Thank you. I would like to dive into the first question. Please <laughs> just based on this. <laughs> that was incredible. Thank you. What you just done. Thank you. In the movie Prestige, Robert Angier says that the audience knows the truth. The world is a simple place. It's miserable. It's solid all the way through. But for a moment, if you can make them wonder, even for a second, then you got to see something really special like you did right now, which is the look on their faces. Sure. So I want to take you to one of your tricks, the kind trick or the time when you made the Burj Khalifa disappear, when you set yourself on fire. People like me are speechless, going mad. They're saying, this is crazy. This is freaky. What's happening? People are throwing their wigs. They're running away. In that moment, just, just for a very short few seconds, it feels like before the rational part or the logical part of the brain starts coming in, they start trying to think, how did you do it? They had to put some logic into it, put some science into it. For a very small second, they actually believe what you've done is real magic. So my first question for you is, what do you feel like in that moment? Um, as, as you perfectly mentioned, um, the reaction of the audience is what a magician strives for. Moving parts and feelings in them that they didn't think that's going to happen. Being, being fear, being surprise being shock, being happiness, being wonder. That's what we are there to create for the people. Now, it could be in different ways. It could be in, in the way that we create the magic, the, the kind of the magic that we perform. I think my goal is to take that individual back to, the, to when they were a small child. For a child, if you tell them, what do you want to become? Their answer will be limitless. 
They could be an astronaut. They could be a policeman. They could be a superman, a spiderman. Whatever they would want, there is no limit to their imagination. If I close your eyes and ask you, what are you seeing right now? You will say, well, it's just a black shadow, nothing. It's just a black screen, black nothing, yes? But if you close a child's eyes and think and ask them, what can you see? They go, I can see a tree. I'm sitting down the tree and I'm playing in the garden. They have this open imagination. They can just be and wonder anything they want. What happens in life, the more we grow, we go to the reality and forget about the imagination. We want to bring that back inside the people when we perform magic for them. That impossible is nothing. Now that might actually turn to be a negative thing sometimes. I was performing in one of my shows in one of the malls a couple of years ago, and I was doing wonderful things. I was appearing individuals, I was levitating somebody, I was reading people's mind. And after the show, one of my assistants come to me and they say, there is a guy that wants to meet you, he's with his child. So he's with his son. So I go out. Usually people wanted to take pictures and all that and chit chat with me. So I stand there and he goes, I want you to help me. I said, in what sense? He goes, my child is sick. He's got something in his brain not right. I've taken him to all kinds of doctors. They are, not, they are not able to help him. Can you please help him? I told them, well, I am not a doctor and I don't have any cure for that. You would need to find a specialist to help you out. He goes, no, 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 no. But I saw you vanishing somebody and appearing somebody and levitating somebody and reading people's mind. If you can do all these amazing things, then you can help me. So I felt so bad. I gave him a hug and I said, I'm so sorry, but you would need to go to see a doctor, physician to see how they can help him out. So people can think of what we do sometimes as supernatural powers that you could heal people. And I want to tell your audience to be careful because some people could claim that. Some people could claim that they have that kind of powers and they could help heal people. We cannot help heal people. At the end of the day, we can move your imagination. We could make you wonder. We could have you feel amazing feelings of what we perform, but we cannot bring two lovers back together if they are separated for whatever reason, yes? Um, I was in Bahrain and I was sitting in a coffee shop with some friends and this uh, lady comes, she sits with us and I was performing some magic. She goes, I need your number, I need your number. I said, yeah, sure, I give her my number. She calls me. Afterwards, she goes, listen, I've got a line up of women that they will be willing to pay you any amount of money. Each and every one of them have a problem in life. We want you to help solve it. I said, <laughs> uh, you're knocking on the wrong doors. <laughs> now, I could take advantage of that. Isn't, I mean, that's, that's like a weak individual looking for a solution, coming knocking on my door to help him out. And I could say, you know what? Yeah, pay me this amount of money to do it. But that's wrong. That's ethically wrong. So I don't go toward that path. I tell them, no, I'm sorry, can't help you. You have to go to a specialist for this. So, so yes, we could do, in brackets, miracles. But our miracles is different than the miracles that sometimes people approach us for it.
the kind of healing or the kind of miracles you do is putting people in that state of awe and wonder for just a few seconds, making them feel like they're children again, like you mentioned, which in itself is a very strong emotion and people should feel it. And of course, that's something that you do quite well. Just people don't have the distinction between what you do is different from what a doctor might be able to do and an incurable disease. Do you find it ironic that every time you do an amazing trick, the first reaction everyone has is, how did you do it? Definitely. Yeah. And for sure. if if you'd actually told them how you did it, then you would be going back to banking for your entire life, right? You won't be able to pursue The this. thing is, I don't think people people tell you how did you do it to know that trick. It's more of a shock that they get. Like, how did you do it? Like, it's like, how did this happen? Yes. It's not that, no, tell me how it's done. Tell me how it's done. Now, some people might. Some, like, I would say 10% 10 of them might go, no, no, I really want to know how it was done. Yes. But then when somebody tells me, now, in the beginning, I didn't have that kind of, awareness and knowledge when somebody used to tell me how did you do it so if i'm really excited you might tell them the trick yes but but that's not what they want like how did you how did this happen how did you do it and of course uh we don't go and reveal our secrets then as you said uh we're not gonna have any any kind of bookings anymore afterwards yes and there's no fun the thing is when you know the trick because People might think that the magic trick is, is, is very complicated, yes? But in actuality, it is not as complicated as the audience might think. So once you tell them the secret, they go, oh, the, the, that, that, was, oh, that was a way that you did yeah. it. That was, ah, okay. So that's not, I mean, when they know, you think they might say, wow, how amazing that was. But that's not the, the way that they react to knowing the trick is actually in a lower pace than what you expect. They're not going to be jumping around that they know the trick. Uh, they will be in shock how they were fooled by it when you performed it on them. That's what Alfred Bowden said in Prestige as well. The answer impresses no one. It's the trick that you use it for. Sure. And you are right. I think there's an inherent nature in human beings to get the answers to everything. Definitely. Right? So the moment a trick happens, how do you do it? There has to be a solution to it because... I guess leaving yourself with that wonder or that mystery will sometimes get annoying, right? How sure. did you do it? How did oh, you yeah. do it? There has to oh, be a way. Yeah. Definitely. You I, mean, I, I get I get lots of people after I perform for them something. They um, they come still after a couple of days like no no I really want to do how how did you do that yeah uh, so so that creates a challenge for me in some way somehow to do magic that if they search it online they will not find the answer there. You can just go on YouTube, search something there, you will just find the answer or on Google. That's the reason I don't do card tricks because if you just go to YouTube and write magic or magician, you will see all kinds of card tricks there. So the kind of magic I try and perform are magic that um, would keep them wondering and would take them to the real magic or real miracle, but not crossing that line. So I do miracles for them. It goes up to the border of it. But is it real magic? Is it not? I just leave them there. That's an interesting point. Can we explore that a bit? Yeah, for sure. So how do you view magic? Do you think magic is learning skills of sleight of hand, misdirection, suggestions, hypnosis a bit, and uh, reading body language and showmanship? Do you think magic is all about learning those skills and then marketing that as a performance? Or do you think magic is still that mystical element that you can't explain why it is it's more of the emotion and the feeling inside do you think 
magic is like anything like like learning the guitar or something of that sort where you're putting up a few skills you're becoming very good at how you look at people and how you use your hands so you're doing something on the side a lot of misdirection or is it more of the wonder and awe that you create in people see i i think it's 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 how the performer would want to take the magic forward if you would want to be the slide of hand guy that want to impress people by doing a couple of slide of hands on social media then or your to your friends then you can be that but i think you could go deeper than that i think uh, um i in some of my tv appearances i talk about a mysterious creature that i talk to which i call abdo where i get my answers from when you are thinking of something um when i am on my tv appearances i put on a candle and i talk in riddles um you could be that you could be that and then create a deeper experience for the individual yeah. i read people's palms i tell them about themselves without even meeting them beforehand i do tarot cards i do all that stuff also so it's it's how you would want to the people to perceive you as a magician is he a trickster that comes to the party and just makes everybody uh happy with the magic that he he creates or even if the guy is walking and looking at you you would think oh he's he's reading my mind right now please don't read my don't shake my hand because you will know a lot of information from me so so it's the way that you would want to to be perceived by the people you know what i mean is like or you could be in between like what the usual tv magicians are like david copperfield is not this dark mystical person uh he's not that you know that party guy the party magician guy he's the person in between uh chris angel is more dark because of the way that he dresses himself the gothic look that he's got for some time i was actually if you go to very old videos of mine like 8 9 years ago i was i was taking that path for a while so i took that path i love the uh the undertaker wrestler yes so he was my favorite when i was a small child so when i got into magic and i was going on tv i got that kind of look and brought it to my character but that was for the, for some short period of time and then i went to my arabic look i think it's all about what is your identity what do you want people to see you to me when i started being on tv 12 years ago i wanted to be the arab magician the guy that represents his region so i dresses i dressed in arabic dress and I, and that's the reason i think i am very much booked for shows that are arab audience wise so, so there are lots of arab audience because they know that they are talking to somebody from them yeah they could bring any other magician but then because i have given them the identity of the arab magician and because there was nobody else that was out there in their traditional dress doing magic that was the path that i decided i'm going to do i didn't want to be looking like david copperfield chris angel david blaine dynamo these guys i wanted to be the arab magician so actually lots of people from outside the country approach me because they see that the identity that i am perceiving or they can perceive me i am showing is interesting we never thought that an marathi guy 
would be a magician, you know? But then of course there are lots of restrictions there also. I cannot go and dance with a dancer on a stage with my Arabic dress because that's sort of disrespectful to the way that I am dressed or the dress itself or the country that I am from. So I have to perform magic that matches my character. So that was a decision I made and I continued. And of course, today I'm with you and the same, same. You identity. are paving a very unique story and a very unique path. You're the first Emirati magician as well. And I'm sure you're a pioneer for a lot of people who might be interested in this field. And now they get the confidence to pursue it further. We will be discussing the cultural aspect of it a bit as well. Uh, but while you had mentioned uh, magicians who dive into the spiritual aspect of it or who light candles and who try to get in contact with the uh, spiritual elements of the world, I wanted to check with you just beyond magic. Have you ever come across an instant in your life where you had this out-of-body experience, a spiritual experience? Some people would call it a ghost story of sorts, but have you ever felt that what is happening is something that you cannot explain outside your own life where the magician himself has left, been left stunned for a while? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, not, not that I could put my finger on an, an, an experience that happens, but I think some shocks in life can take you to that level. Uh, you don't believe it's happening to you, but it is happening to you, yes? So to me, I've not experienced out-of-body uh, kind of phenomena, but... Uh, I, for example, my, my child was born in the car last week. I was at home. My wife said, I have to go to the hospital. In the car, in five minutes, my child is out. So now I'm rushing going to the hospital. At the back seat is my wife with my child, just born. On the phone, I'm with the police figuring out what to do. I... It is a part, it is me looking at a screen of something happening in my life, not believing that I'm actually just right now experiencing. So that was something, actually, they wrote it in the news a um, couple of days after that, that, of course, you know, I had a child just born in a car for me. So that happened to me. To me, that's an out-of-body experience. That was something I wasn't expecting, something that have happened to me, and I didn't think that's going to ever happen to me. So... So that, yes, but then if any kind of out-of-body experience that have happened to me, nothing that I could put a finger on. Those are the moments that are kind of really magical. With the, <laughs> I mean, not that one specifically, but the sure. one where becoming a father. Definitely. Yeah, having a child. Definitely. I'm sure that would be the real magic of Definitely. your life. And then I'm sure the work you do is quite great, but supersedes becoming a father, of course, sure. is way, way bigger than that. For sure. And if not any other out of body experience, you have used magic in the past to cheat in exams and to avoid speeding fines as well. So, <laughs> so there's a lot of benefits to taking up this trade. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. Well, I'm not advising people to do that. <laughs> Don't learn magic to, to get out of the speeding ticket. I mean, if it works for you, then why not? Um, I, think, I think everybody somehow, most of us, or maybe some of us, had cheated somehow, some way in an exam. I had the advantage of being a magician. Yeah where I found that I could use lots of my tricks to do that. I mean, and lots of the times that I've cheated once I was caught even. So, but the teacher was really kind enough to, to let go with my cheating. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't report it. So yeah, so I've, I've used it. See, the thing is, I advise everybody to get into a little bit of magic. If not, of course, for cheating and getting out of a speed ticket, 
It's just to make the, the uh, let's say, if you go out with your friends, make the gathering a little bit more interesting. Yeah, if you learn every week one or two magic tricks, which are, there are dozens of them online anyway, um, I think while you're sitting and talking or everybody being on their phone, if you could do a magic trick for them, that's going to make the sitting a little bit more interesting and nice. I advise husbands to learn some magic tricks because, well, they can do some magic for their wives. Just make it a little bit, a little bit more interesting. Children, definitely. I mean, I always talk about the parents should have their children learn some magic because children love magic. And if they don't perform it, if they see some magician performing magic, they just love it. So if they learn some magic and they go to school and children do have a problem in not knowing how to socialize with other children, yes? So if they know some magic, they will be seen as the magician's colleague at the school that all the children want to see some new magic from him. It happened to me. Like I knew some magic, so every child was wanting to come to be my friend because they knew I'm the cool magician person. So that's something, I mean, beyond looking at magic being something to solve a problem or uh, to, to just want to become a professional magician, I think just to make your life a little bit more interesting, learning some magic is a good thing. Okay, so before we go into our, your journey, exploring your journey further, I believe you have another trick for us. Um, okay, so we started with a kind of mind experience, mind reading trick that we did on a, with the dice, yes? Yeah. Now, before we started recording, I asked you to get me a note money, yes? Yeah. So you've got, you've got the note with you. Got a five dirham note a five in my dirham pocket. Note. Okay, yeah. uh, I asked for a thousand. Well, the bank was really far away for him to withdraw. Five is good enough for now, yes? <laughs> so let's, that, that money, uh, it's not mine. That's yours. Uh, I never touched it. I don't know what it is. I don't know this money, yes? Yeah. Can I just say, not seen it at all. It is my note. Never handed it to him. Always in my hands. Look at the truth in my eyes. Yes. Yeah. So let's try this. Um, every bank note money has a serial number. Now... If you are at home and you've got similar note, if you got 10 dirham or a 5 dirham or a 20 or whatever you have, if you take two of them or three of them, none of the serial numbers are similar. They, they make it different because it has to be unique and different, every note. Now, the note that you have, I wanted to bring it out, open it down the table, so I am not seeing it in no way. Yes? Now, the serial number is, I think, uh, between 10 to 12 numbers, um, not sure, but to not take lots of time on trying to guess the numbers of the note that you have, which is yours, let's go with the last four numbers. Yes? Is that, is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So I would want you to look, so the last four numbers, the first number of the last four numbers. Sorry, so the serial, just so I don't uh, mess this up. The serial number is the one on the bottom, right? Should, should be. The, the, the bottom right. I think 10 numbers, if I'm not mistaken, or more. <laughs> yes? Okay. I have nine digits at the bottom right. That's okay, the one. That's, that's the one. The one. That's, that's the one, right? I think, yes. Okay, yes, yes, let's yes. go. So you've got your note. Yeah. Never, never shared it with me. Don't know, not seen it. The last four digits, the of, of that note. I wanted to think of the first number, first number. 
Now, try and imagine that you are looking and there's a thread connecting my head with your head so that number is sort of jumping to my head. Don't tell me anything. Don't react in any way. Just repeat the number in your head. Yes? Okay. So you looked this side thinking of that. No. Okay. I think, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. The first number. There is no way that I would know. There's no way. There is no way. Is There's it no nine, way. the first number? It is nine. Is it nine? Okay, it nine, nine. nine. Okay, nine. Think of the second number. Now think of it if in a different language that, than you thought of the first number. So you could a little bit confuse me in a way. So... Okay, do, do you, are you thinking of the number or thinking of a different number? Just to, what are you doing? Just no, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'm trying the, to think of a different language. Okay, but even in my language, I just know it's it as a, the okay. English. The, okay, it's the same thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the, I'm feeling a void. I'm feeling a void. Um, I feel a change in your life coming. I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's a a travel to come or is it is it um, a, a change of a house? Something that you're 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 going through, but then that's not not relevant. Is it a zero, the second number? Zero, okay. Avoid zero. The, uh, the last two numbers, I feel similarity but difference. I feel it's not the same number, but maybe near each other. So nine, zero. Okay, give me a smash, so that's near each other. Um, I think the third number, is a two. The, the last number is a three, isn't it? It is. Thank you. Thank you very much. It Thank is. you. Thank you. Look at that. Do you want to show them the serial number just for them to see? Well, I don't think this can be seen, but anyway, you can watch for it. I'm going to get your signature on this now. Oh, for sure. That's all yours. Frame it over here. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you. And a part of me screaming inside to know how you did it. But <laughs> then that would be hypocritical of me. Okay. You were, I think, quite young. Um, well, let's trace back a bit further. So your grandfather was a trader who used to go to India often and he met a lot of street magicians who taught him all these tricks. Came home, tried to teach your father and your uncles these tricks. Not interested at all. So he came to you. I think you were playing this Mona Lisa puzzle one day and he yeah. just came to you. He said, look at this Wandaram coin, bit it in half and then brought it right back. And this started this entire journey for you where you are today and you've created so much positive impact in the world. Do you often think about the power of magic in that sense? When you do a trick for a child in front of you, do you ever often think that what you're doing now is what your grandfather did for you? And this one trick might be a very simple trick, very simple answer that even he might discover later in life or it was a very simple trick. But in that moment, the impact it would have and the kind of influence it would have in their life. Do you ever think about that? Sure. I think... What the one thing that I always tend to do before I perform magic uh, for somebody um, is I don't perform the magic. Look at the trick. Here is the trick. Because as you as you stated, I would want to give little value to what I'm performing and little depth on what I just did or will be doing for the person. So, because I know, as you, as you stated, that this might be an experience that they might talk about after 20 years. There was this magician 
I met 20 years ago and this guy made this lady fly. It was so amazing. And even maybe remember my name. Yeah. I would love to create that experience for the individual. I would love them to remember. Um, one of the tricks that I'm going to be doing, which also was taught to me by my grandfather, I saw another magician do it. So this magician was doing this trick everywhere. So when I do this trick, although it was taught to me by my grandfather, I've seen this magician do it. So I remember him that uh, he used to have all these golds on him, the magician. So he used to give that character out, like, and I'm always gold. And he did this one last trick, the last trick I'm going to be performing today. So that one he used to always do. And that's one of the most interesting tricks you could, you could see in the magic uh, arsenal of tricks. So I think the impact could be heavy on the individual. I think it's, it all depends on how the magician is performing the trick. Is he really just performing a trick? Is it, uh, hey, let me just show you something interesting? Or is there some depth to it? Is there some connectivity that you would have with the individual? Like if I am having somebody fly, usually if there is a small uh, girl in the audience sitting, I bring her up. I have her walk beneath the person flying. I have her take a selfie with the person flying and then go back to the seat. So that's an experience I'm creating for her. That picture she will post on Instagram, we would say, or somewhere. And her friends are going to talk about it. And she will remember that trick that was done by me for her. So I try and make it a little bit more personalized. So, yeah, I make sure I make sure that is done. Interesting. Your grandfather did do a personalized trick for you, and that's the impact it created in your life. You, at the age of nine, did your first magic show in front of your family. Complete disaster. Just one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but one of your uncles still gave you five rooms. That was but the same five rooms you have it today. Now, no, I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> that been, well, it, no, did, it went, it went through hands, right? You might have given it somewhere and came, came back to me. Yes. And yes. that's why you knew the number. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the five rooms, and. Initially, your father was not uh, supportive of the idea For of you sure. becoming a magician, gave you a hard slap, said, yes. because probably he didn't get the opportunity to pursue education. So he wanted you to pursue higher education. For sure. And then For sure. much later in life, uh, when he saw your success and your impact, he did a 180 and he was very supportive of your work. He used to share your videos around as well. So I want to check with you that particular phase, that specific phase where he did not like the idea of you becoming a magician. How was it for you? Did you... Did you ever feel that you want to become a better magician to prove him wrong and then also to win him over in a way? Or do you feel like you almost gave up on the dream because if he was not supportive, someone you looked up to for all your life, then might as well just give up on the dream. See, the thing is, um, I think also the reason of him not really uh, wanting for me to become a magician because the idea of a person from this region to become a magician First, career-wise, there is no magician in this region. So what do you want to become? Like, you know, uh, a magician, what is that? What is that career going to go? Secondly, because magic, per se, as the word, is a very heavy word in my region. It is banned. It is no-no. It is not allowed. Uh, you couldn't do it. You are dealing with a supernatural power. So... I, in the beginning of my path of becoming a magician and coming on, on media, had a role to play, is to educate people, to differentiate between the real magic 
which is the magic of a supernatural power dealing with demons or ghosts or whatever is out there and tricks that is performed but it's performed really really neatly and nicely and strongly that people could perceive it as magic as real magic so that was something that i was making sure that i am differentiating i'm bringing a little bit of this there to but then telling people that listen whatever i'm doing is just magic tricks I am an entertainer. I don't have any supernatural power. I used to make sure in the beginning, whenever I'm invited to a TV appearance, I say the sentence in the start of my interview. Whatever I'm going to be performing is just a magic trick. It's going to be a magic experience. I do not have any supernatural power, but then go and perform for them some of the most strongest tricks that they've ever seen. So then that confuses them a little bit, but I've given them the disclaimer. So I, I had to do that. I think now people could and do know the difference. They know that whatever Moin is performing is a trick. Yes, he's performing. He's reading our minds. He's doing lots of things. Amazingly, creativity-wise uh, or, or magic-wise. But it is not him dealing with a demon. Although I sometimes also mention demons, I connect with them. But people know the difference. They know that I'm not doing real, real, real magic. It's a magic experience, it's a magic trick, but done very, very, very well. So that was the reason he did not want me to pursue this, because the word magic is not allowed. It's mentioned several, several, several times in our holy book that magic is not allowed, or magicians are no, not uh, mentioned, they've been mentioned for, for many times in the, in the book. So that's the reason he didn't want to go there. Like, what do you want to become? This is not allowed. What do you want to do? No, do... Go become a doctor, go become an engineer, like every parent they want you to become, yes? Uh, go become a lawyer, go become, I don't know, CEO of a company, but no, no magician. So that's the reason it was a shock for him. And it was me pursuing it was firstly because I loved the art of magic. It was so interesting, so intriguing. Um, and also, well, I didn't sort of, I, he wanted me to continue my education. I did that for him. I did that for myself and for him. I got my master's degrees. Here's my certificate. You can hang it on the wall, but I'm going to do the magic. So I continued my magic. And then, as you mentioned, he was so, so proud of what I'm doing. Uh, sharing my videos. He used to make, uh, at, at that time, they were like DVD, C, DVD um, yeah. players. Yeah. Or what do you, you call it? You burn the CDs and you... Yeah, yeah. So when he used to burn the, the, my, my footages on TV, on the DVD... Um, and go to his friends and they used to play it and they used to watch it and everybody goes clapping after I do a magic trick. So they used to do this every Friday to go watch my videos of me being on TV. He was that proud. Well, um, God rest his soul, he's no more with us. Uh, he left us um, a year and a half ago so because of a heart attack and all. So I wish he's still proud he being here with you. All of us are quite proud and always rooting for you you are Thank someone you. like i said who's paving the way for a lot of people but like you mentioned a lot of challenges also come through with being the first of anything being the first emirati magician like you mentioned at home you have some uh, some resistance and even culturally you have some resistance sure. was there a moment where even though you were you were facing resistance from your father from your family also your culture itself is also you feel like maybe this is not for me maybe i don't feel like 
um i'm in the right place for it or maybe my talents are no not be respected was there ever sure. a moment where you felt this there was there was now before i i went on tv it was 2009 10ish i used to have a channel on youtube calling myself mommy illusions not speaking arabic speaking english and a pant and a hat and all and go out and perform magic for people because i was worried uh that how are people are going to perceive this guy from our culture who performs magic i got my first tv appearance with a local tv i remember i had a talk with a friend of mine from bahrain mohammed his name and i said mohammed listen i've been all this time showing people i am this guy by the name of mommy illusions yeah. i have now a chance to be on tv what should i do he goes just go with your name i was like what should i dress because i was been dressing by i was sort of a little bit affected by the chris angel wave so i was like oh, watching lots of chris angel i was like chris angel kind of um so he's like no no just be yourself so i decided i'm going to go in arabic dress and um i went with my name and i was very 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 much worried that the people in the society my family will not accept this because this is not allowed this is magic what is what are you doing yes for years after even me being on tv my family used to receive messages from from further family members further distance family members saying what is your son doing i mean what what is this this is black magic this is white magic this is i don't know whatever color of magic yeah. they used to then come to me why you're doing vanishing burj khalifa doing this levitating somebody in the sky so i said to them if you would want to know the secret of how it's done i could definitely explain it but there is no i i don't have any 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 deals selling my soul to a demon for me to be able to do all was this was that hurtful at that moment when your family members are coming back to you it was it was it was that a little bit and a bit of being proud of myself and i'll tell you in a way because because i am performing my art so good for people to think that i do have some sort of powers yeah so i remember i remember my uh, okay what happened uh, in between the phase of my dad saying do your education and then me after my education that part of my life i actually stopped magic i was like okay you know what maybe after high school to sort of my masters degrees I was let me just take a break focus on education do that and see. So I remember after me becoming on TV and doing lots of magic and mesmerizing lots of people a friend of mine from university writes us writes me and he goes listen I mean if you would have if you know all all the secrets in the world before us going to a football match and losing 6-0 <laughs> every time yeah. you could have told us we're going to lose 6-0 and not go and play the match yes. So I was like yeah well I didn't uh, whatever I don't I was like I didn't know then. uh so then i was not really the magician uh, with the people that i used to deal with on day to day basis i was the moin al bastaki the normal guy but then after the masters degrees that was when i really uh, stepped my foot on the gas and i was you know i'm just going to go this path and we're glad you went on this path thank you i want to dive into magic itself the tricks and the performance but to introduce that segment let's do let's do another trick i guess sure. to set up the segment no what would you like to do so let's try this um 
Now, one of the things that I also perform, uh, other than reading people's mind and connecting with them and, and telling them stuff, is um, we call it in magic, geek magic, yeah, or bizarre magic. Magic that is a little bit more dangerous than the normal magic we perform. So what I've brought with me today is a bunch of needles. If you can examine this, if you don't mind, just be careful. This is a real needle. A few, yeah? Yep. Real needle. Real so, needle. With the eye. <laughs> yes. So with the eye, definitely. Yeah. Not looking forward. <laughs> yep. And he swallowed it, eating it. Followed it. One needle is gone. Yep, another real needle. gone as well not to waste time needle by needle <laughs> i mean you can take your time if you like just tap on real needle yep yeah. all sharp again on seven eight <laughs> those who can't watch there's the thread is now through all the needles which he had swallowed it's through all of them
It's okay. You can keep it. This is a necklace you can keep. It's going to be good for luck. I mean, yeah. I mean, hang it <laughs> with the five gram note and the necklace. Yes. Yeah. I'm just collecting all the gifts you can give me. <laughs> that was fantastic. Once again, dying to know how you did it. <laughs> Got to respect the musician's code. David Copperfield had said that the real secret of magic is in the performance. Definitely. How much importance do you put on showmanship and your delivery, the theatrics of it? Um, maybe in this trick, I'm not sure how, how much is real, how much of the coughing, of looking around the the beating the summer, how much of that is performance, how much of that is real. Do you think there's a power or there's a value in magic tricks? Just as if there's a good magic trick, someone can come on stage, just do it and leave without doing anything. Or do you feel like the showmanship is a part of this act? Um, when I'm told that, uh, can anybody perform magic? I say yes. I mean, they, anybody can perform magic. But the magic is only 20% of your performance. When you go on stage, one of the things that I sort of talk and teach and, and, and mention to people performance-wise, when you go on stage, you have three seconds for the audience to decide. Do they want to look at you and watch your performance? or continue being busy on the phone. Three seconds. That is 20%. The way that you carry out yourself as a performer is another 20%. The way that you dress up for the performance is 20%. And the strength of your communication to the audience is another 20%. So the magic is only 20%. So people can become a magician, but not every magician is a good magician. You would need to be believable as a magician for the audience to respect your act. Otherwise, um, they can just put on the YouTube and watch anybody that is doing some magic. And that's what makes a difference. The magic, the magic is a minimal part of what you perform. We say that the magician is an actor playing the role of a magician. So we have to act well with magic to perform the role of a magician. That's a very unspoken aspect of being a magician where people think just learning tricks is all it is. But in fact, larger amount of effort goes in your personality, your charisma, the delivery of the trick the misdirection that you put into it. The trick is actually the smaller part of it. You are an excellent mentalist. And a lot of mentalism also involves uh, face reading, cold reading, um, reading someone's body language, a lot of suggestions, a lot of gestures as well. What are Just beyond magic as well, what are some techniques or tips that you can share with us that people can just use in the real real life if they meet someone new what are some quick things that they can just grasp from their face, their body language, the way they're moving their hands, or the way they speak, that then tell them something about their personality? I think one thing that um, also um, a great magician in our mentalist in our field, I don't know if you've heard of, Darren Dan Brown, Brown, yes, uh, teaches and preaches and talks about is the lie and truth with the NLP 
using NLP and what a mentalist does when uh, you ask somebody to tell three truth facts and one lie and their eye movement changes. So if you are talking to somebody and they are talking about something and they want to know if they are telling the truth or lie, you can ask them about a couple of things that you know it could be a fact and then have them ask them a question that that you want to know the answer of and if they are telling a, a lie their eye movement is going to go in the opposite direction so that's something that you could actually if you've seen the series the mentalist they actually also explore on that nlp it's actually an nlp kind of fact it's, it's, it's something that teach, they teach in nlp but also we use it in mentalist so that's something that you could you could do Trick-wise, um, by end of this episode, I'm going to teach you guys one magic trick that you could today do with your friends. That's a good deal? You like that? That's a great deal. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to be teaching a trick that I usually do on my stage show for you guys to be able to do it um, for your friends today. Fantastic. Awesome. I don't want to put you on the spot, but um, I am very fascinated by the kind of techniques mental mentalists use. So... Is there anything you can tell about me just reading my body language, reading my face, reading my gestures, something that tells you about my life or my personality? Putting me on the spot, that was yeah. what you're doing right <laughs> now, isn't it? I mean, we can skip it. <laughs> <laughs> or just in general, not just me as well. Just See, the thing is, I, I'm going to reveal a thing that I could do right now, which you have mentioned in your talks uh, some minutes ago, which is which is the uh, cold reading. Now, I could definitely tell you some stuff about you which which we call it actually barnum statement yes so barnum statement being statements that's factual for everybody that's what they use in astrology right that's it yeah so if you go and if you cover the astrological sign of yours and read you would see it matching yours you wouldn't you wouldn't need to go to your sign it's just because if you believe in the astrology and you go to Virgo, and you read it, you will connect with it more, rather than connecting with the other ones. But there is an experiment that Chris Angel did, is that he brought lots of people in, he's like, this is your astrology, and of course, they, everybody said it is, yes? So that's what something that I actually do. Um, we could try that, but I think that's, that's gonna be not really telling you about yourself, yes? But there are ways that I do things to know things about people um which next time i'm for sure gonna do yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> you have amazed and stunned a lot of celebrities you have uh, done tricks for diego maradona mike tyson john travolta and john cena as well okay. usually uh you it's your role to make people speechless make them amazed but has there been a moment in life when you were when you met a celebrity where you were in fact uh, left starstruck by them and you were left in wonder now what has been your favorite celebrity encounter but the thing is i have met lots of celebrities i mean international wise arab world uh, gulf uh, countries celebrities i've been lucky to meet most of the gulf celebrities lots of the international ones maradona was a person that i was worried to do magic for because of his history in the football field. 
lots of fights, lots of anger. <laughs> so to me, it was okay. If he's not gonna like my magic, then I might be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, to my surprise, anybody that I was a little bit worried to perform for, they turn out to be the greatest that performed for them. Like John Cena, I did this trick for where this is my finger. I don't know if you've seen this video of John Cena. I've seen it, yes? yes. So then I sort of, I could, if I find the right spot, I could break my finger. Please and go all the way and then bring it all the way back that's not right <laughs> and this is actually my finger so yeah. so this is what i did for for john cena i performed the same trick for cm punk r truth three uh, of the wwe yeah, superstars yeah, yeah. So I, um, he gave me a, a big, a big reaction toward this. Although this wasn't a big trick, but this was a trick. It was, oh, what should I do for him? Let me break my finger and bring it back. So <laughs> casual, normal thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so he was very much happy and mesmerized. With Maradona, I did another trick. Uh, the wonderful thing with Maradona was that after I did the trick, he hugged me. He laughed. He was so happy with the magic. So. I've performed with lots of the big names in the Arab world where some of them are not even around these days. So it's sad, but it makes me happy that I had the chance to meet them and do some magic for them. So I have been so privileged to be able to meet and experience some of my talent toward them. And I think these, I've mentioned this also before that lots of these celebrities, their job is to entertain people. Their job is to wrestle. That's an acting that they're doing or an actor to act or a singer to sing. They are the entertainers. So when I go in and I perform for them, they take a break from them entertaining people and they are now being entertained with a different kind of art. And they always appreciate. Uh, I mean, John Travolta, when I met him, it was so wonderful. Uh, he gave me a really, really nice reaction that, uh, that I perform magic for him. So they've been, they've been, I think with, with, with actors, I usually sometimes worry because they are actors. They, they sometimes on their set, they have to uh, know some magic. They have to know the, the, the black art magic or, or sleight of hand magic because they have to do something while they are filming a movie or something. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get worried like they might know the trick, but they usually do not. And I tend to do magic that they might not have come across before. But their reaction is always wonderful. It always gives me joy. Uh, tomorrow I have a meetup with a um, known actress from Syria I'm performing for. She approached me that I can come. I've done for Anil Kapoor from Bollywood. Chakas. Yeah. yeah. I have done for um, Kartik. Yes. I've done um, Saif Ali Khan when I was performing for Anil Kapoor, he was there, but I didn't sort of had a meet up with him and did the performance for him. Um, Shah Rukh Khan is somebody who loves magic. I've not performed for him, but I've seen him in IPL. He does lots of quick change magics. I don't know if you've seen that, but if you go on YouTube, you see Shah Rukh Khan doing lots of magic. He loves magic. Um, so so magic is quite familiar with, with, with the actors. Um, well, let's hope Shah Rukh Khan also one day 
He is watching. He's, He's always watching. <laughs> <laughs> is there one celebrity that you have a dream that you want to perform tricks for? Yes, uh, The Rock. The Rock. Yes, I mean the, I've I've performed for almost most of the WWE superstars. Uh, either as a presenter when I was with them, I've met up with them, uh, and some of them I've really I've I've performed, and of course my videos are are there. Um, but The Rock is somebody that I would love to meet and perform for from the international uh, actors. From the Arab world, uh, Adil Imam is somebody that uh, if it's written, I would love to perform for him also. I'm sure Dwayne Johnson is watching. For sure. Is one of the reasons you perform for him because you might have grown up watching The Rock on sure. TV? Uh, the the thing he... is, I also uh, was a presenter on TV yes. for WWE. Uh, I met... John Cena, I've met uh, the the McMahons, I've met everybody that was there. Daniel Bryan, The Undertaker, everybody I've met. But I've not met The Rock. So that's somebody I would love to uh, meet and if then do magic for. The Rock, I know you're watching. Let's make it happen. (laughs) For sure. Before we start wrapping up, I wanted to get your thoughts on the future of magic. The way I see it these days is that with the internet and everyone's access to so much information, anyone can now Google a lot of the 80% of the magic tricks that they see on stage. So magicians constantly have this pressure to keep reinventing and also not just reinventing, but push themselves physically to do physical face, something like what David Blaine does and also develop more gadgets and the technology behind it. So the kind of stage props that you build or the machine that you a glass box, but it has so many compartments and things like that. Very characteristic of what Houdini used to do in the past as well. Where do you think the future of magic is going now with the internet and these kind of YouTube, TikTok, and people just doing tricks here and there. Do you think with time, magic like what David Blaine does where physical stunts and pushing your body because he's really learning how to breathe underwater or putting live frogs in his stomach or now recently where he held the balloons and he just flew up. Do you think magic is going to go more towards physical achievements and technological achievements or there, there will still be the simple tricks around? Now, to, to go back to a history of magic, Cinema actually was created by a magician. Cinema was just a screen that a train used to just pass through the screen. That was a short film, like just train goes and people are watching and they are mesmerized. How is that happening? Yes. But that was a magician who created it. So technology is always used and different fields of science, physics, chemistry, mathematics, used by magicians to create a magical effect. So we are usually having our antennas on, looking for anything that we could use that could create magic and show us as a futurist that could do stuff. Yes, if you saw the illusionist movie, the person supposedly his lover wasn't there, but he created this hologram sort of showing that she was there, but then she was not dead by the end of the movie. So we are there with technology. We always use the newest thing that's out there to create a magical experience. Now, the way that I think for a magician to do magic that it works for him, he should be so creative to either create a magic that could not be replicated by somebody who's doing a TikTok video or do a spiritual deep 
magic where you could touch somebody personally in some way that there is no search on Google would explore, would explore that magic. Now, before having the YouTube out, the TikTok there and all these social media platforms, we also faced another challenge as magicians. There was this guy, the masked magician, that came out and started exposing exposing lots of the magic tricks. He has a show called Secrets of the Magician Finally Revealed, right? The documentary series. For sure. Yes. So he was going and revealing all the secrets of David Copperfield, David Blaine, Chris Angel, everybody else. Uh, And that did put the magicians on the spot to go and either create better magic or do magic that he will not be able to go and reveal. So that was a challenge that we, the first we faced as magicians to protect our art. Of course, now you can go on TikTok and just create a two second video and you're doing magic. But we now, of course, facing a challenge there. And that's what is pushing the magician to become a better magician and not just a person who does a couple of card tricks and goes and claims to be a known magician because that card trick is going to be revealed in two minutes on YouTube or if you just check the comments and somebody's revealing it anyway. So that's what I also go do. When I go on TV, I try, or or with yourself or anybody else, I try and do magic that if somebody watches, goes, hmm, okay, you know what, in the comment, just write how it was done. I try and do things that, you know, that is a little bit more real than finding it on YouTube. Yeah, we'd love to see how magic evolves with time. Okay, so before we start wrapping up, I would like you to interpret what I've built with the Lego and the small thing that you've built here. <laughs> what do you think you have built? Okay, I, I think this is a stand by the pool that you go and jump on and then jump into the pool. It actually does look like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. What do you think this is? Oh, that's a spaceship, man. I think I, I can... Yeah, Star Wars new spaceship. A diving board for the spaceship, all ties in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Before I jump into our final questions, we have one final trick left, and you're also going to teach us a trick. Definitely. So let's do the final one. Now this is a trick now um, that my grandfather actually learned it from the street magicians in India. So this was one of the one of the main tricks that he learned it, and this is these. There's, there was a group of people in UAE, um, they used to call themselves Shemshun. These people, when I was a small child, also they used to perform in some places. They used to do these kind of tricks, this kind of magic only. So I wouldn't call this a trick because it's not really a trick. And you will see why. Um, if you choose one, just, just check if they are like real nails. You know, you check the needles, now real nails, and I will get the assistant of my phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not bendable, it is not a fake nail, it is not, there's not, you know, uh, you cannot separate it apart. You can just pick one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine, so your grandfather went to India, learned from the traders there, taught it to you, and then now you're coming, bring it back to India again. So Definitely. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> so... This is the name that you did. I'm not doing any kind of slide of hand. It's just there. So 
No, this is a real nail and this is a real skull. He just put the nail up his nose and it's right in. I wanted to pinch the nail. Grab it. Let's touch that. No. back <laughs> I went through some things <laughs> like your life was in my hands <laughs> thank you very much oh that was amazing thank you very much yeah thank you very much incredible <laughs> thank you very much thank you very much this was one yeah. of the first tricks that well, you can imagine a small kid standing by the grandfather and he's teaching him the trick of I remember the first time I, I he taught me how to eat a glass. For a week, I couldn't do it. I mean, I, I actually, we do eat glass. That's one of the things that we do. I couldn't do it. And so he used to put a piece of glass on my tongue. goes like, eat it. I'm not going to eat it. Bring it back. Eat it. Nug was fighting with the whole idea. Like, you want me to eat a glass? And then, of course, you know, that that's, that's something that is, of course, what he also learned it from from India. So India is actually known to be one of the oldest civilized countries that were doing magic. India was one of them, Egypt was another one, and China. But China, Chinese kind of magic wasn't interesting enough. To me, they have got lots of flourishy kind of thing, but nothing like deep, bizarre, like what, what they say, hitting a nail in your head is. So, um, so I still do lots of these tricks that he've taught me. I, on my stage show, a 10 minute of my stage show is walking on a real glass where he taught me, um, the hitting a nail in the nose, um, eating glass. These were some of the tricks that I learned from him. It is very, very fascinating. And we have the street magicians, the Fakirs of India to thank. And then of course you as well. You also going to teach us. So let's try and do a tr this trick. Yeah. I actually do it in the beginning of every stage show that I perform. I have the audience have their hand like this. So let's do stretch our hand. Yes. Yeah. Shake the hand, shake the hand, shake the hand, shake the hand. Mm -hmm. Now I then of course on the stage, I have them shake their body, but then no need for that for now. Yes. <laughs> have your left hand face down. Mm -hmm. Yes. Have your right hand on top, locking your hands. Yes. So this is a trick, actually, David Copperfield. Can I put your hand a little bit down? Very good. David Copperfield also does this trick on stage uh, in the beginning of some of his stage shows. Now, I hope the audience were following. If not, 
uh, it was a left hand turned down, right hand on top, on a count of three, on a count of three. One, two, three, we will turn our hand. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, so this is a magic I that rewind the video and watch it. <laughs> well, if you rewind it, you might you might get where the whole magic happened. Yeah. So this is of a misdirection. I'm going to teach the audience. I'm going to teach yourself. If you don't know how it works, I'm going to tell you how it's done. So you were you're sitting in a sitting of let's say three, four, five people. Even one person would work. And you will have them stretch their hands, shake their hands. It's just an extra sort of a movement. You're doing nothing, nothing to the trick. You will have them, the left hand face down. The right hand goes on top, locks the fingers. Yes. Yeah. Until here, I'm doing what you're doing, what everybody else is doing. If I'm sitting with a big audience of people, I'll just look toward one of them. And I'll tell them, can you put your hand a little bit down? Yeah. And that's when he changed. So <laughs> when that is happening, when I tell one of them, can you put your hand a little bit down? Everybody is looking at that one person. What is he doing wrong? Perfect. Why is he ruining the magic? What's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's looking at me. And that's my misdirection. Can you put your hand a little bit down? Yeah. I take the hand that was from top. I bring it to the bottom and I lock it. So this looks like the same thing, but a little bit different. So instead of being from top and rounded, it's from bottom. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. so what you've done, yeah, let's do that. Then you take your hand. So that's this. Yep. You will do this. Now you can touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is a, a trick that if I'm somewhere and somebody goes, if I don't want to really do mind reading and all, I go, okay, let's do this. You know, it's a fun trick. People enjoy it. Nobody would know how it's done because when you do the misdirection, everybody is looking toward, let's say, somebody. Yes. And then that somebody is the, that person is the person that's ruining the whole thing. Uh, of course, not nice, but then we have to do something at least to do the magic, isn't it? So then I create the magic for myself. I could, I take the clap. Then, of course, they open their hand and they give me that clap. That is incredible. You know, I always love to like try to identify what small subtlety or small misdirection is the one that actually where the trick actually happens, sure right? Because sure you feel like you're doing the trick and then in the middle you say, put your hand on, means that I was doing something wrong. It's sure. But that is all part of the trick. Definitely it's it is. All Definitely it is. In fact, the most important part of the it trick. Is. Now, the thing Maybe. is, if, you, if I would do this on a TV channel, somebody's going to watch the video three times and would know how it was done. So I don't do these kind of tricks. This is a trick that I do on stage because... Stage is fine because not not that somebody's going to rewind what's happened on the stage unless if somebody's filming it um, from the audience, then they can just get to know that trick. And I don't mind this trick to be taught to them if if they don't figure it out. This is a nice, cute trick somebody could learn to perform for the parents, for their I don't know friends, for the loved ones once they are sitting together with each other. Really appreciate. It. Thank you Thank so much, you. Moin, for Thank sharing. Thank you. It. Thank you for the time. I have three. Final question sure, for yes. you, short I'm ones. Here. I'm here. What are some books, movies, or people that have strongly influenced in your life? Uh, people, I would say David, my grandfather first, David Copperfield for sure. Um, after my grandfather got me, got my eyes open to the world of magic, David Copperfield was the magician. I didn't know his name, by the way. 
So when, when my dad used to get me the VHS tapes to watch, I knew the magician. I was watching the TV special, but I didn't know his name. Uh, but later on in life, I got to know that, okay, his name is David Copperfield. And then um, the shift in my world performance of magic was by David, by Darren Brown. So it was then Darren Brown that opened my eyes with the possibility of doing um, mentalism rather than just doing magic. So these are the people. Uh, movies, I mean, the prestige and, and uh, uh, the prestige and the illusion. The illusionist. The, the illusionist. Yes. Those two movies, I mean, of course, if you want to see it now, you see me then. Uh, now you see me movie. You've seen the Now You See yes, Movie. Uh -huh. yeah. So I'm actually being part of a project that they are doing for the movie. Uh, now you see me in Dubai parks uh, in motion gear. So they are creating um, a now you see me theme. Right. And uh, my products are going to be there. I'm creating products for the movie and I'm going to be performing magic there. It's going to be in September. So that's also, yeah. So now you see me, of course, that gives you different flavor of, mag of magic. You will see the slide of hand. You will see the mentalist and hypnosis. You will see... Uh, I think illusions. The other guy was doing more of illusions and all. And of course, a female magician, which we don't have enough of. So hopefully more people are going to be uh, affected of female to get and become a magician. I'm sure they are. What would you like a legacy to be like? See, the thing is, uh, I, me being the first Arab Emirati magician and keeping that path for myself, that was my aim. And to be able and perform all kinds of magic that nobody have done before me. That's the reason I did the whole putting myself on fire. Because no Arab magician have done putting themselves on fire as part of being a magician. Vanishing a big, um, a big building like Burj Khalifa, that was something that I wanted to perform. Now we are working on a lavitation with a brand. So I'm going to do a lavitation for them. I have had somebody fly on live TV. I've cut people in half. I've vanished people from their place to the studio, back to their place. I've done lots of uh, main major um, magic illusions. Lavitating is going to be my next. And uh, just keep on going and creating more magic and mesmerizing people. Last question. What do you think is the meaning of life? See, the, the, it's not to be stuck in the same circle until your life ends. Create some difference. Do, create some magic for yourself in life. Meet new people. I'm really glad I came and I met you today. I have a new friend now in my, in my phone and a person that I could, who lives actually near, near where I live right now. You know what I mean? It's like, just go out, meet people, experience new things. Uh, life is short. You never know. You know what I mean? It's just, just live life. And don't be stuck into the same loop until life ends. Just experience life. Travel if you can. Not now, I think, with pandemic. It's a little bit restricted. Mm -hmm. But then if you can, just travel. Meet more people. Uh, be, be, be open of experiencing new activities if you've not done it before. Experience the beauty of life. That's an amazing meaning to have. Moin, thank you so much. If people want to connect with you online, in person, come for some of your shows, where can they do sure. so? I mean, my social media, definitely. My website, uh, my, my social media, at Moin al uh, it being in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, 
لينكدين ماي ويب سايت www.moinalbastaki m o e i n a l b a s t a k i.com um i'm there i try and keep active show lots of magic and uh, hopefully people enjoy and and you know get entertained by them they are entertained and they will always will be moin thank you so much thank It's you so pleasure. very much thank you for the time